Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome talented writer James Maddox and artist Gavin Smith. Creators of the comic series Dead Legends for publisher A Wave Blue World. Here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome once again to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics. I'm your host, Martin. And today we have the pleasure of talking to not one, but two great creators for a series uh, that actually I had just introduced to, which is called Dead Legends. And uh, it's a martial arts-based series that kicks all kinds of ass. <laughs> uh, and uh, actually they're getting ready to start their second volume uh, for Wave Blue World. And uh, we're going to be talking to James Maddox, the writer, and also... Uh, to Gavin Smith, the artist for the thing. So uh, let's welcome them to GBN's Talking Comics. How you doing, guys? Great. Doing, Thanks, doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's start out with a bit of history, uh, since our followers may not be familiar. Okay, starting with you, James, uh, when did you take an interest in writing comics specifically? And uh, what were some of the comics you read that steered you in that direction? Um, I've always been a storyteller. I won second place in my middle school's uh, excellent fiction contest. Uh, I, I carry that around with me uh, as a point of pride. <laughs> but um, I had written uh, a number of short stories and like novels uh, and had a friend asked if I could write a comic script. So I tried it out and it seemed to be pretty fun. So I kept at it and now here I am with, uh, with all kinds of fun stories under my belt. As far as like what got me into comics, I'm definitely uh, of the era that like Brian Michael Bendis was doing uh, like crime graphic novels and stuff like that with Image. Um, so like Goldfish and, and pretty much anything by Neil Gaiman uh, with like murder mysteries and Sandman and all that. Like, I like the metaphysical stuff. I like the crime stuff. Like that's what really kind of pushed me um, in my storytelling. Oh, excellent. Okay, uh, so Gavin, what got yeah. you started in uh, art and doing comics specifically? Uh, it's it's funny that James said he got his uh, second place, was it? He said right. in the running contest. I, I was selected in elementary school as an alternate for the school art club. And I took that personally. So I went and, so I went and made a career out of it. Um, no, I, I mean, I've, I've always been drawing since I was a kid, uh, you know, and I've been collecting comics. So uh, I think I was always getting like Batman, Superman. I remember uh, really getting into Grant Morrison's Justice League that really hooked me uh, as a kid. And then from there, I was just all in. Um, and then I ventured into reading a lot of Vertigo, um, like uh, Hellblazer, and We Three, and Preacher, and uh, all sorts of stuff like that along those lines. And uh, in 2008, I uh, 
applied and I got accepted to the Joe Kubert School. And then I uh, graduated in 2011. And ever since then, I've been making my own comics. James, some of your earlier works kind of leaned more toward the horror genre. Uh, was that something that you actually enjoyed writing and went, it was going to stick with that? Or did was it because you know you had some success with it and you just kind of wanted to keep with what, what worked? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I definitely love the horror genre. Um, I'm, I'm a huge like Twilight Zone fan. So most of the early stuff I did had roots with the Twilight Zone uh, kind of like aesthetic. Um, and then by the time I was doing uh, like metaphorical hers, like a punk rock poetry kind of uh, kind of series. So um, and, you know, Dead Legends is a martial arts series. So I've, I've tried to keep it varied as much as possible um, just because I, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. Right. But like, right. It, it, it seems to me that if if I can vary up my genres and vary up my approaches, that um, it, it not only keeps things fresh for me, but I hopefully keeps it fresh for the readers as well. So exactly how did you get uh, connected uh, with Gavin as far as for this project? Uh, well, Gavin and I have been friends for years and years, almost a decade. Yeah, about yeah. about after I got I graduated from Kubert School and started hitting uh, conventions, we met fairly quickly. Like yeah. uh, one of one of the few uh, shows that at the time it was like two hours from where he lived, two hours from where I lived. Uh, we ended up meeting in the middle at the show in Dayton and became friends there. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I couldn't get rid of him. Talked about like <laughs> doing a, a a series or a project together. Um, it was just kind of like waiting for his schedule to clear up and uh, finding the right you know topic to to kind of tackle together. Because um, I. I think I can write anything and maybe that's egotistical of me, but I really do. Um, <laughs> so I kept asking him like, what would you like to work on if you could work on anything in the world, you know? Uh, and he said he wanted to do like a fight book. And mm -hmm. uh, that was, uh, I had enough kind of hubris to kind of take that on. So yeah, hopefully I didn't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's fun, kind of funny because I've talked to a number of different artists, uh, especially in, in your know, writing combination. And that always seems to be the way how it works is they'll ask the artist, what do you, what do you want to, you know, what do you like to draw? And they'll kind of mm -hmm. say, well, I'll lean to whatever it is you'd like to draw. I'll write about that. Whether they actually like that subject or not, they seem to just dive right in. And almost everyone I've ever seen has been, they've been great. So I, f I feel it makes for a pretty good collaboration in that sense. Um, you know, in, in that case, when, when an artist comes to you and asks you specifically like what you want to draw, uh, it, it feels better to be included in the process rather than here's this, draw it. Um, yeah. and, yeah. and, and we definitely came up with this I, I think with Dead Legends, it's the purest form of collaboration I've ever been a part of because uh, from the beginning, we, we started talking about this at another convention and was it Louisville, I think? Where he, yeah, it was Louisville. He, I was working on commissions. He came to my room and we he asked me that and I, I told him I want to do this, you know, fight book, martial arts book. And we started talking about it and then we just started bouncing. And we, we, we do this every time we get together. We just start bouncing ideas off each other. And uh, we probably have like 15, 20 stories that we'll probably never tell because it's just so many things that we come up with together. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, working with James is is very collaborative that way. Right, and and actually, you know, when I first started doing this gig, I thought that's how it worked for everybody. I thought you know they all worked closely together, and I found out as I went, not always the case. Sometimes the you yeah. mean the writer never meets the artist, and basically, as you said, they just like send them the scripts and here draw this. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. And to, to me, that's, that sounds like a really hard road to hoe, <laughs> uh, really. Uh, well, it's, it's definitely like, um, it's, it's a, I, I don't know if it's a more streamlined uh, approach because like, you don't know who you're working with at that point. Like uh, there's a lot of variables that could pop up. I mean, granted, if, if it's just for like the paycheck and, and there's that guaranteed income coming through, maybe that is the only incentive that you need to finish the book. But uh, for essentially every story that I've worked on, uh, it's been a real like collaboration with a friend, you know, um, and I like that. It's it's more personal. It, it's more investing for me, at least. Um, and whether or not like uh, I, I feel that I can I feel like I have somebody watching my back because if I write a bad scene or, you know, something's something's not quite right someone that's just there for the check will be like, yep, okay, I'll draw it. And that's, that's it, you know, but, you know, Gavin will be like, what if we did it like this? And I'd be like, yay. <laughs> I, and I think the best uh, instance of this is when we were uh, putting the pitch together for Dead Legends, uh, which was basically like an eight page fight scene. Uh, James was like plotting it out. And I was like, oh, no, no, no let me like and like you know like just, it, we've come to a point where when we're we get to fight scenes it's hey these are the beats i need you to hit but you fill in the blanks like you you've got this from here because he he trusts me enough to kind of just handle the fight scenes and let me do my thing and make it make sense yeah i think in the latest script that i just turned over uh, there's like a three-page fight scene uh and it's just like page one Gavin, do your thing. Make sure this happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now, now speaking of Dead Legends, you know, one of the things that really pulled me into the book is I'm a giant fan of badass women, and you had two of them in Dead Legends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, exactly, how did you develop those characters? Because, uh, uh, like I said, they they kicked all kinds of ass in that uh, first volume. Yeah, I I think uh, part of that process was when when I came to to James, I had an idea for the main bad guy and the main character. Then James came up with uh, all these other layers. So I, I think I came up with one woman. He came up with the other woman. I think yeah, we had. had red, I think you had Red Death like pretty well set. Um, and I thought then, I had Yam set. I forget. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember that one. I, I feel like you came up with Red Death. That's that's interesting. I always had it in my head that I I I, uh, I came up with Jan after you showed up at my house with Enter the Dragon, right? And we watched it, and I was like, oh, the sister in that would be totally right. dope for like the Yan character. Um, and then you, I thought you had already been drawing Red Death. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you came up with her. Oh, well, I could fine. swear. I think, or maybe I think it was a kind of a. It might be something that it was. I, I love that we're trying to figure this out on your show. Uh, <laughs> that, that, like, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe we had them combined, and then we decided it was best to split them up. 
maybe like like maybe. split up the different parts of the personality i sure, think sure. they were just one yeah. character um but, but this you know what like uh this this is good there's no argument <laughs> just kind of organically <laughs> came up i mean okay yeah it, it happened yeah. but yeah we, we i can't help you knew, we knew that we wanted a, a diverse like number of characters uh, mm -hmm. we were interested in telling uh the the story Jan's story specifically was like a, a revenge story from the get-go so we kind of knew that we had to have um her character set it was just finding her personality type you know right um so it, it, everything just kind of came together in service of the story i believe okay now i i know i'm kind of spoiling uh the original volume but i was curious you really didn't show the fight between Yen and Red Death. It was, I mean, was that, uh, were you planning on doing it and then decided against it? Or what did, what was the dynamic of kind of, in a sense, skipping that and just coming to the conclusion of what happened at the end of that fight? Uh, I think with that fight, it doesn't really, there was really no motivation for, uh, or, or I guess I'd, I'd rather say there's an evolution of Red Death's character that she didn't need to win the fight. Right. And uh, definitely the progression of Yan's that she definitely needed to win the fight. So we kind of have it as Yan in theory wins the fight, but it, it's, it's never really concluded that way. And it doesn't really necessarily need for those two to find out who's better right. for now. Um, and uh oh, <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so and, and the main goal is you know, get to get to Blind Tiger, get to Blind Tiger, and Red Death doesn't need to get to Blind Tiger necessarily. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I, I think we did that on purpose. Well, I said, well, I know, like I said, like I said the fight scenes were great, like I said, I know at least. Three or four times during the middle of certain fights, I'm sitting there wincing because, like I said, because they just look painful. Uh, like I said, arms and legs aren't meant to bend that way. Uh, and uh, uh, apparently, uh, breaking people's necks is the preferred method of killing lots of folks. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big trope, like in martial arts movies, that I just kind of adopted. I was like, yeah, breaking necks. So we're sitting there talking about this, uh, but uh, you know, for the, my, those followers who haven't actually, you know, read the book yet, and they should, uh, can you give us kind of just a brief uh, description of exactly what happens in volume one as we, as we lead up to volume two? Okay. Uh, how spoilery do we want to go, Gavin? Uh, that's, well, I mean, I'll leave it. To, to, you know, I don't think we want to go crazy spoiler because I actually would love for people to read. Okay. The thing. But I they think... also, you know, in the event they don't get to book volume one and jump right into volume two, they kind of kind of even know where they're going. Uh, yeah. The the gist that I have down that when I, when I'm you know at a convention table selling the book is uh, a woman Yam enters a martial arts tournament to get revenge against the guy who killed her husband. Uh, that guy being Blind Tiger, but she can't just straight up kill him she has to enter the tournament uh that her husband was supposed to be part of to get to him and she has to run the brackets uh but during the course of the tournament she finds out she's a couple months pregnant with her dead husband's kid so now she's fighting for two 
<laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There you go. Reduce digest version. That's it. Yeah. Okay. See, James, uh, you uh, when you first started out, you were going the self-publishing route. Uh, and you were doing it back when back when you know it's a pretty common thing these days, but it wasn't quite probably as common back when you first started. Uh how big of a problem was doing that and how much easier is it now that you're you know you're working for publishers uh like uh way blue world well it's um so jen hickman and i like put out the dead as a self-published book and that was a pretty hefty endeavor for a self-published because it was like six issues um we 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 did everything pretty much in house with Jen doing the art and the colors and I did the lettering and the story um and it, it was it was it was a lot right but at the end of the day uh, we had um you know a book that we could show off and something to prove that we could actually hit the deadline and and show the work and with like the work that I've done with um you know broken icon comics and like a few other things that are kind of in the smaller range that are like anywhere from 20 to 60 pages um it's it's always good to kind of start out small i've discovered when you're when you're going a self-publishing route um because it a is less time consuming and it's more cost effective and uh, you can tell a really good story with uh, a smaller page count, you know, despite what you may think when you're starting out. You might think that you need a grand opus of, you know, books to, to, to tell like a decent story, but that's not the truth. Like you can, you can tell a short story and put that out on a table or put it out online and just show, you know, people that you got it. You can have them download it for free if you wanted to, just to kind of do a proof of concept kind of approach to comics. Um, so, you know, it's definitely, um, it's definitely the way to go as far as I'm concerned, but on top of that, working with other publishers, uh, self-publishing, if, if you're 
you know, good at it, uh, can instill certain things in you, like hitting your deadlines, because you have to come up with your own deadlines, right? Um, it can make you cognizant of like the different factors that go into comics, be it editing, lettering, uh, scripting, art, all the colors, just the whole thing. Like if you have ultimate uh, responsibility for either doing or, or gathering up those elements for the comic, you have a better appreciation for it going forward with, you know, your for hire work or whatever like that. So you're not taking advantage of your letter by writing a novel on a page, you know? <laughs> um, because you've talked to a letter and hopefully if they're good, they're like, you can't do this. You can't have 70 balloons on this page. Okay? <laughs> um, I've been super lucky with the people or the companies that I've worked for, like Webtoon uh, and Await the World primarily. Um, I've had pretty much creative freedom. Uh, Tyler has been really, really uh, great about letting us kind of tell do the story. Do our thing, yeah. You know, and that's, I don't know if it's super rare, but like it's it's nice to have at this point. Yeah, I think it's really nice. Tyler just kind of trusts us as storytellers. He's, he kind of, you know, uh, I think James and I both kind of got started in self-publishing. So, and Tyler, Away Blue World was founded on self-publishing. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of like-minded people coming together that all know how to work uh, within those same boundaries. Um, but now that Tyler's grown Away Blue World, he, like, he still has that very... DIY sensibility, and uh, I think James and I both do as well. We're both we're both guys that are, we're also in bands too, so we know how to collaborate. Yeah. We know how to get things done, do it ourselves, and uh, th this whole process doesn't feel like that far off from self publishing. Minus, you know, we don't we don't have to deal with like the little stuff, which is nice. Um, yeah. Like we we could just focus on making the book, right? Which is great. All right. Okay. Now, as I'm sitting here watching you uh, draw, I said uh, you you still you do tra traditional drawing, but you don't do the digital. No, no. Yeah, I, I draw on paper. Um, I my process is I draw on scrap computer paper, and then I scan it in and print it out onto Bristol board and uh, blue line, and then I ink over that, and then I'll do some digital touch ups here and there, and like every once in a while, if I mess something up, I'll, I'll fix it digitally. Um, but yeah, for the and all, all our coloring is done digitally. Um, yeah. But yeah, everything everything I like I like pen and paper and yeah, I like yeah. feeling the paper. Uh, and uh, you know, you talk about inking your work. Uh, is that's kind of becoming kind of more of a lost art because it seems like more artists are actually doing their own inking back you know back right. in the seventies when I was reading comics. You always had a separate penciler and a separate inker and a, a little bit separate everything. Uh, but it seems like most artists these days are doing their own inking. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, back when I was a student at Joe Kubert School, that from I don't know if it was always a goal for a lot of the people that were in my class, but it was always a goal for me that I wanted to pencil and ink myself because um, I like my pencils just fine. I don't I don't like uh, when like I've had a, only a couple of times where I really liked it, but for the most part, I don't really like when other people ink me. Um, mostly because there's, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. It's, 
it's, I feel like it's only half the story uh, whenever I'm just penciling it because there's a lot of textures and things that I do on the page that I don't think translates well to pencil. Um, but like, if I can put it down in rough pencil, it's like, okay, I can make that line in ink, but I can't do that with pencil. So um, I tend to, I prefer to ink myself. And then I think over time, it's the industry has just evolved, especially with a lot more people going digitally where the programs are basically inking programs. Yeah. So like that turning in those pages are inked files. So there's not really a need for an inker. Um, I still know a couple of people that, Using ink. I mean, we're, we're, we're both friends with Jay Leaston and uh, Jonathan Glapian, who are traditional anchors. They, you know, still getting pretty good work here and there. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I've always preferred to ink myself. I don't know why. I, I feel like it doesn't translate well to other people. And I don't want to, I feel like a, too much of a backseat driver. If I have to. Well, well, I know, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, John Buscema. Love Buscema, he, yeah. Yeah, he uh, pretty much didn't like anybody. <laughs> who did his eggs, uh, uh, yeah. he preferred to do it himself. But of course, you know, uh, just production wise and everything, you did, basically you had to rely on whoever inked it. I think uh, right. he tolerated his brother, uh, Sal, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I think Neil Adams inking for a bit, but yeah, he just never liked hardly what anybody did for him. And uh, yeah, I, I think what he, was, what he was afraid of is that, uh, you know, Especially someone who's heavy handed, it suddenly doesn't look like John DeSuma's work. It looks like whoever the inkers sure, work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Vinnie Cluda or something like that. Or... Right. Okay. Well, I said, you, I, I wasn't even thinking about bringing that up, but since I was sitting there watching. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I'm just kind of, okay. as I kind of noodle here and there. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's about really all I have. Here. Oh, one other thing. As far as for volume two, do, can you give us any kind of, kind of hint of what? you already gave me one i think yeah uh, but well, uh, that that might be for something even further down the line uh, <laughs> that one hit yeah. i gave you yeah so volume volume one was our revenge story volume two is very much like there's a lot of road tripping there's a lot of like being chased by yeah. by the elements of organization that is dead legends um so it's, it's you get to yeah, it's the gang on the run, essentially. Um, so you get to be introduced to Jan's daughter um, and see how that whole dynamic like changes the, you know, the whole situation with within the group. Um, and yeah, it's 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 probably one of the crazier uh, things that we've entered into because <laughs> there's yeah. explosions there's motorcycles games, there's, there's all kinds of fun stuff yeah there's uh betrayal and <laughs> a little bit of heartbreak uh, is there a heartbreak there's kind of some heartbreak uh there's a there's a dead dog in there somewhere <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> um there's uh let's see moral corruption there is societal political corruption, corruption political corruption yeah there's a well, lot of like regular lot of life stuff. <laughs> yeah it's it gets we, we go we kind of go we only we kind of touch on a lot of things well and uh, it's interesting because like dead legends one had um the the tournament aspect and i gave little drops and hints that uh it, it is a somewhat a, a shadow government in itself like the people that 
run the organization to bring in the best fighters in the world, go on to use those fighters to, to do some interesting things in the world at large, right? And then in volume two, you get to see a little bit more of, of that in action, right? Yeah. And you get to see a lot more of how the corruption in Dead Legends uh, is ultimately leading it uh, or leaving it vulnerable to uh, like revolutionary thought. So it's 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 like um, I don't know. It's 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 a window into the the world building that you get to see more of it expand in this volume, uh, and and also get to see what's going on with you know our crew as as characters mm -hmm. and how they react to that world. All right, oh, I appreciate. Yeah. It. Okay, so before I let you guys go. Uh, you know, I know you, you're kind of knee deep in this, but did you have any other projects that you wanted to uh, talk about that uh, you maybe have coming up? I'll start with you, James. Uh, I can't, I don't think we can talk about. Uh, Ooh, no, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, the only thing that I know I can talk about for sure is uh, I have a number of short stories and a bunch of anthologies. So like the You Died anthology, um, there's, I think it's like C is for Cthulhu. I got a short story coming up in that. Um, the Help anthology. What was in the the Tales from the Quarantine anthology? Oh yeah, stuff. we did a thing for that. Yeah, we did a Gavin one page did a, yeah. a page for that particular anthology. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was okay. so long ago. Every, like like COVID COVID had a, a an interesting time with everybody's schedules and and announcements and stuff like that. So we're still kind of feeling how that's moving. Yeah. Um, but things are happening. Things are in the works. Yeah. Okay. So uh, before I move on uh, to Gavin, uh, do you, uh, as far as the fans want to follow you on social media, uh, James, uh, where can they go? Uh, I am James C. Maddox uh, everywhere. 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 Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, Gavin, since I already know that you're doing some Star Trek there, uh, so what, what do yeah. you got coming up here? So, yeah, I'm I'm doing uh, as I said, Star Trek: The Mirror War for IDW Publishing, uh, which is on the cover of previews this month. Which is yeah, wild. it is. Uh, I don't have one with me, and I'll show it off. But um, yeah, so I, I'm working with IDW for the next year ish. So I'm there's it, a 13 issue series. Uh, there's zero issue, eight issues, which is the main story, and then four tie-in issues. I'm doing the eight, so uh, the, the main series. So that'll take me through to June. Uh, that, that's pretty much my whole life for the next year, um, besides Dead Legends 2, which is coming out, starts coming out next week. And uh, we, we, we have started planning Volume 3 already. Well, all right. Uh, okay, so, so as far as social media for you, uh, yeah. Gavin... Gavin P. Smith, Gavin as in uh, G-A-V-I-N-P as in Patrick Smith. And that's on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I have a website, but I never update it. So <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> anything you need to know from me, Twitter, Instagram, or, you know. Uh, also, I do a Twitch stream with a lot of my friends. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. It's on uh, Sue Lee's Twitch channel, oh, yes. which is yes. twitch.tv slash Sue Lee Draws. It's myself, Sue, Josh Hickson, Tyler Boss, Tom Riley, Craig Cermak, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, 
Adam Gorham, and then we have like a bunch of other guests come on, like Sweeney Boo is a big uh, guest that comes on. James comes on sometimes. Uh, Ramon Villalobos. Like, there, there, there's eight of us that are the main people, and we just kind of goof off and draw stuff. Yes, yeah, I've actually I've actually uh, jumped on there a few times to watch. Uh, oh, cool. uh, I yeah, because I uh, talked to Sue uh, when she was uh, doing a uh, book for uh, Ahoy. And yes. uh, as I say, and I've pretty much been following her since. Uh, so cool. All right. So uh, that's I say that's all I got for you guys. And we'll be following uh, Dead Legend Volume 2 very closely. And uh, I'll be getting back with you, Gavin, for Star Trek. Yes, for sure. Uh, and uh, we uh, hopefully connect with you again real soon. Excellent. Thanks so all much. Right. All right. So thank you. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.